Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The cliffhanger is one of the oldest storytelling tropes in the book. Just when everything moves towards a dramatic climax and your investment couldn't possibly be any higher... The curtains are pulled on the performance without any warning, leaving your gawking self wondering what in the chocolate-sprinkled f*** has just happened. It's a great tool when used well, but when the gaps between installments are longer than expected, or the rug pull is actually dreadfully executed, or the studio just goes bust before they can resolve it, they're actually incredibly, incredibly not fun. Anyway, my name is Adam Cleary, and these are the 10 most painful video game cliffhangers ever. Number 10, Doom 2016. As modern reboots of retro games go, 2016's Doom is a chaotic run-and-gun bloodbath of absolute perfection that has even the most dour and restrained amongst us shouting, yes, yes, you demon bastards, that's what you get, at the TV. On the other hand, though, it did add in loads of story. After the Slayer defeats the Spider Mastermind and returns to Mars, Dr. Hayden, your guide up until this point, is there waiting for you. He explains he cannot allow you to destroy everything he has built, taking the crucible you have obtained and opening it out into the least inviting dildo these fair eyes have ever seen. He then reactivates the portal and walks away as the Doom Slayer is sent back to be stranded in hell. Whoops. The implication here is that Hayden is being set up as the sequel's main antagonist. And despite Doom Eternal not strictly giving us that, it's the first game's abrupt and eyebrow-raising ending that simultaneously piques your interest and leaves you with that crushing feeling of... Wait, that's the end? Number 9, Resistance 2. In the first two games of the Resistance series, the main protagonist is Nathan Hale, a resolute and hot-headed member of the Sentinels who is dedicated to purging the world of the Chimera virus and looks a bit like he should be playing centre-back for a no-nonsense Polish Europa League team. As the Sentinels battle the Chimera, each soldier has to be regularly treated with inhibitors to allow them to hold on to their humanity. In Resistance 2, however, everyone says, nah, precautions are for nerds and just cracks on regardless. As you can imagine, this goes spectacularly badly. Hale unwittingly begins to lose himself to the virus, and by the end of the game, the man has completely gone, becoming a pure chimera with clairvoyant and telekinetic powers. His best pal Joseph cracks open the So Your Colleague is a Possessed Mutant pamphlet, promptly shoots him in the head, and that's where the game ends. And for three entire years, players just have to sit there, wondering if that really was the end of Hale, or if the series would even continue at all. It was, and it did, but also what the hell? Number 8, Shadow of the Colossus. 
Though a simple concept on paper, Shadow of the Colossus has a level of depth that only the most devoted of players can hope to scratch the surface of. Many of the game's secrets were tucked away for decades, with whole online communities trying to unravel the PS2 classic's final hidden mysteries. In spite of all that though, to this day they still haven't solved them all. At the end of the game, when the demonic being Dormin is banished, Wanda is pulled in with him, after which Mono awakens at the altar of the temple. The credits then roll, then we see Mono finding a baby in the exact spot where Wanda was last seen. But a baby with the same horns as Eco, the eponymous protagonist of Team Eco's previous game. Many fans take this as a hint that Shadow of the Colossus is a prequel to Eco, or at least set in the same universe. The game's own director has said that he personally does interpret it this way, but isn't saying if it actually is or not, so thanks I guess? Number 7, Diablo 2, Lord of Destruction. The cliffhanger of the first Diablo game was already mean enough. In it, your protagonist tries to feed themselves the Soul Stone, despite clearly forgetting where the mouth is, but slowly realises they cannot hope to contain the Lord of Terror, and leaves Tristram for the good of the townsfolk. But in the next game's expansion, it's the whole world that is its snake, which is either a typo in my script, or I've really forgotten a huge plot point in that game. Diablo's brother, Baal, decides to spread his corrupting influence to the World Stone, a huge and powerful crystal that predates the creation of Sanctuary. The player confronts and kills Baal in the World Stone Keep, but it's too late to stop the corruption. And so, the ghost of Christmas, Swaff himself here, decides it must be destroyed. And so, in an epic Blizzard cutscene, he does just that. The game does everything it can to tell you that this action will have untold consequences for the world going forwards and you'll find out exactly what in Diablo 3, but what it didn't tell us was that Diablo 3 wouldn't drop for over 10 years, oh well. Number 6, Halo 2. With a plot as deep and richly layered as the Wembley lasagna, having a cliffhanger or two in Halo was always an inevitability. But the ending of Halo 2 purposely leaves a lot of the plot threads dangling. Firstly, there's Miranda who, along with Johnson and Arbiter, are seemingly stranded on Delta Halo after the events of the game. Then there's Master Chief himself who stows away on a ship heading to Earth just as the Covenant are about to gain the upper hand. When asked what he's doing, he just says, Sir, finishing this fight. Which roughly translated through the marketing department means, Sir, making sure they buy Halo 3. Oh, also Katana is held captive by the Gravemind, which is another thread that's just left dangling. Don't worry though, because three short years later, the third instalment explained everything. Well, everything except how Miranda and co returned to Earth, but now I'm just being picky. Number 5, Echo, The Tides of Time. Ah, so we come to the games whose stories will never be completed, the cliffhangers forever unresolved, the gaping voids in all our souls that will ache us eternally because of, let me just check my notes here, ah yes, capitalism. Anyway, and ugh, that's a joke by the way, please don't get upset on behalf of a socio-economic political system, Echo the Dolphin was among Sega's most acclaimed Mega Drive games. Mostly I think because you could play underwater and that is still to this day very cool. The 1994 sequel, Echo the Tides of Time, is much the same as its predecessor, barring one thing. It's woefully unfortunate cliffhanger. Endgame text explains that the Vortex Queen time-travelled back to prehistoric times, where her kind gradually integrated with life on Earth. Echo, meanwhile, used the time machine after her, but disappears into the tides of time. Though this seemed to be setting up a third game, there was no third game, meaning that in canon, Echo's story ends on quite a dark and depressing note, never to be resolved. He's out there, somewhere, just... just... doing dolphin stuff. Number 4, Turok 3, Shadow of Oblivion. 
Don't we all love the tantalizing future material the post credit scenes hint at? Wasn't it the driving force behind the most financially successful cinema franchise in history? Of course it was, don't argue. Anyway, imagine if at the end of Age of Ultron, Thanos had stuck his hand in the Infinity Gauntlet, said, fine, I'll do it myself, then just put his feet up on the sofa and crunched through the entire Sopranos box set instead. That is basically Turok 3's ending. Joshua's brave sacrifice is a poignant moment in the game and also serves as the basis for the entire post credit scene where the council is implored to allow him to be saved. Adon decides to do it anyway and sets off on her noble quest before the council draft in this shady character to get after her. Intriguing? Absolutely! Is a sequel on the way? Definitely, except no, sorry because Acclaim Entertainment went bankrupt in 2004 before they made it. Oh well. Number 3, Mega Man 2 Legends. Speaking of people who are not coming back, Mega Man Legends was the inventive 3D PS1 series that nobody really talks about these days and I'm never sure why. The second and unfortunately final main series game sees our protagonist travel to Elysium, not that one, a perfect world in orbit around planet Terra. Housed there is the Master System, again no not that one, and once it's destroyed so too is your means of returning home. A glimmer of hope though sees your best pals hard at work designing a rocket that can maybe ferry you back but that's nowhere near to being ready. A task that will forever go uncompleted as the planned third game was cancelled in 2011 meaning Mega Man still trapped in Elysium. Worst of all though, despite this absolutely not being intended to be the end, Monkey Robot Data rubs salt into the old wound by actually saying, sorry Mega Man, but it looks like you might be stuck up there for a little while more. Oh pal, if only you'd known. Number 2, Dead Space 3, Awakened. When a game ends on a pretty nasty cliffhanger already, only for its DLC to rectify that cliffhanger and then somehow give you an even nastier one, I don't actually have an end to that sentence, it's just not pleasant. But it does mean that Dead Space 3 Awakens hair-raising ending has now left the series on a confusingly sour note. After defeating the Tau Volantis moon, Isaac Clarke and John Carver, no not that one, are caught up in the chaos and sent plummeting down into the snowy mists of the planet's atmosphere. Ellie Langford, presuming them dead, leaves them behind and heads back to Earth. Isaac and John fight their way through more hordes of necromorphs, eventually making it back to the Terra Nova and escaping the godforsaken place for good. Of course, as Isaac is the unluckiest man in existence, when they get back to Earth, they see it to be completely surrounded by brethren moons, and as one ascends right in front of the ship, the two men cry out and the screen cuts to black. That's genuinely a great cliffhanger. Or rather it was, until, you guessed it, Visceral Games went out of business and it became the de facto end of the franchise. Damn you, capitalism! Number one... Oh, look at that, 5 o'clock already. Well, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much for watching. Let us know what you made of it in the comments below. You see, it's a funny joke. You get it? Just because that would have been, been a terrible cliffhanger. You'd, you get it. It's a good joke. Number one, Half-Life 2, Episode 2. As it turns out, one of the most beloved video games of all time also has one of the most evil and excruciating cliffhangers ever to grace a work of fiction. Who knew? The last section of Half-Life 2 Episode 2 is set in the Resistance base of White Forest, and it's there that the Combine launched their most vicious attack seen in the series to date. When said battle ends and the heroes appear to be victorious, Gordon Freeman accompanies Alex and Eli Vance to a warehouse in which Eli is suddenly picked up by a hidden Combine advisor and stabbed through the back of the head. I'm not a doctor, but that probably sucks. The final scene shows Alex weeping over her father's body as the picture gradually fades away. 
Factor in the lost Aperture Science ship that was bigged up to have an important role in future installments, and Eli's talk with Gordon about their mutual friend, the mysterious G-Man, and there was a lot of unresolved weight to this ending. Fast forward 14 years, and it still hasn't been resolved. 2020's Half-Life Alex allows players to mess around with this ending by preventing Eli's death, but that just raises more questions than it answers. If you look up the definition of development hell in a dictionary, well, I mean, you won't find anything because dictionaries don't do phrases and expressions, but you should just see a picture of Half-Life 3. Although, again, yes, dictionaries don't have pictures. But either way, my point is that it's anyone's guess as to whether Valve's epic brainchild will ever see a truly definitive end. Like this one. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.